You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show, where we invite an expert each week to hear about their incredible journey and career paths. On today's show, we'll be chatting with Zain Ali. As VP of Business Development and Strategy, Zain is currently building a financial technology company that changes the way businesses transact with one another. This week's show is brought to you by ServerTech. As usual, I'm Fatima Al Said, your talk show host, and you can make sure to tune in every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you'd like to get notifications whenever we go live, go to our Facebook page and click the three little dots and hit follow. Zane, salam alaikum. How are you today? Alaikum salam. I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for joining us today. Now, your official title is... Can you yeah, my, I mean, at the company that I work for, Appio, uh, we're a financial services technology startup, um, and my title there is uh, Vice President of Business Development and Strategy. Mm-hmm. And professionally, what would your title be? Uh, I mean, so, um, you know, in, in the startup world, you where you do a lot of different things compared mm-hmm. to, like, I guess, a larger company. So, Larger company wouldn't have, I guess, a position like this. Okay. So, um, like for example, my previous company, Dun and Bradstreet, uh, five thousand employees around the world, and um, um, the de- business development team was its own team, and they just did business development for different lines of business mm-hmm. that uh, Dun and Bradstreet had, and then the strategy team was separate for each line of business. So, um, here, <clears throat> because we're so early stage, and they brought me in to think about you know, how do we uh, develop this business and go to market, not just from like a tactical um, implement and execute perspective, but also mm-hmm. kind of how do we do it? How do we strategically do that? Mm-hmm. That's why my role is a little more broad. Okay. And it also includes product um, and product uh, for many folks, I think is uh, it's a confusing word because if you're not in technology, when you hear the word product, you think of, I don't know, the iPhone or you think of uh I don't know, clothes or cosmetics, whatever it is, but a product is those things, but other things as well. It could even be, for example, um, <clears throat> a feature on your phone. It could be um, some sort of software. It could be, um, you know, for example, the, the heating system in your car. So mm-hmm. companies are starting to kind of uh, fragment their businesses into uh, different products that make up potentially a larger product or a group of products and services. And one person or group of persons is is responsible for managing that, building that, all that stuff. So my role is a mix of go-to-market, so business development, sales strategy, marketing, and also um, uh, product uh, development, product vision. Okay. Um, And they would bring you on for different tasks at different types of companies, correct? Yeah, so... uh, you know, depending on where you work, the the roles would uh, require you to do some uh, different things. Like mm-hmm. the product work that I do right now is more on a vision and uh, high-level strategic uh, uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. It isn't getting into the weeds and kind of figuring out each uh, sprint or each feature and exactly how it works, what technology we're going to use to build it exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, on, but on the business development side, I'm a little more involved in the details. So I work on contracts. I work on 
um, our channel um, channels meaning who we partner with to resell our products and services. Uh, I work on you know our marketing copy a copy again for those who aren't familiar copy is basically the the words that you use to convey uh, what you're trying to say. So mm-hmm. um, I also get involved in um, our organizational planning. So. Mm-hmm. Who are we hiring? Where do we put them? What kind of people do we recruit? Where do we recruit from? Things like that. Okay. Ideally, what would you have to study to work as a strategist? So I guess my path, um, for those who are unfamiliar with my background, I'll I'll quickly share with you. It's not the most typical. I, um, I graduated with a bachelor's in Middle Eastern studies. And uh, that was my major, and my minor was economics. Um, I was pretty sure I wanted to go into uh, the world of nonprofit. Uh, my parents were pretty sure I was going to become a doctor before going to school. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, neither of those things happened. Mm-hmm. And um, I needed to kind of uh, forge my own path. I graduated during the financial crisis. I had gotten a job at a, a shipping company shipping like literally shipping company these guys like own massive uh ships that you know moved goods from all over, all around the world and um i looked around i was like man I, I do not see myself in these chairs 10 20 years down the road mm-hmm. and i decided to uh leave and start my own business and um i also got married early so i really needed to figure out uh, what I wanted to do in life. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I knew I wanted to do a mix of uh, giving back. So nonprofit was important, but in order for me to give back, I needed to, I guess, uh, accumulate and accumulate uh, meant experience and that, I guess, you know, fi- financial wherewithal. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the path that I started heading towards. And, um, you know, I, I guess finance is kind of where my head started because when you think of, okay, I need to, start making money. I think most people think, okay, let's get into finance, investment banking, or, you know, something along those lines. Um, and that's kind of where I started with my uh, commercial finance business. Did you have any experience in the field before you started? No. So, um, you know, I think uh, many people, they think that um, you need to have experience to do something and they're, it's easy to kind of get let down if you apply for a job and they say, Hey, um, you need to have five years of experience, three years of experience. And, um, you can't find a job that says, Oh, we'll hire anybody with zero experience. Um, or especially for people who have non-technical degrees like I did, um, which, which by the way, I, I highly encourage everyone to take a liberal arts minor or major, um, because the value and learning about, how to communicate, how to write papers, how to convey a message, how to think creatively, how to think about, you know, the complexity of this world, the the subjectivity of this world is really important because the applications of subjectivity, communication, um, of, of, you know, creativity are going to be probably even more and more important if you want to stand out, if you want to grow in your career, if you want to really climb up the corporate ladder, if you want to build a, a scalable business, you have to have a mix of creativity, of communication, plus technical abilities. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying um, shy away 
or walk away from being an engineer or a physician or whatever, but definitely marry both of them together because mm-hmm. uh, that will allow you to untap the best of who you are. And all all of us, I believe, have technical capabilities and all of us have also creative and communication and you know, some of those social capabilities. But <clears throat> it's really important for us to cultivate both of them. And, and I tried my best. I, I don't think I achieved all of it. Um, so in, in, in terms of my career, I built my experience. I went out there. I knew that, um, I didn't have a finance degree or an accounting mm-hmm. degree. Um, so in order for me to create my business, I started investing. I started investing, meaning investing my time into reading, into networking, into finding ways to get, ex- get experience, take some, taking some classes here and there. Um, and eventually I, I built an experience. I built my experience. And how did you get approached for your first job? Or so, did you, how did you uh, apply term, for it? So, uh, you know, so I worked for myself for maybe four years. Mm-hmm. So I had my own finance business. I was selling that. I was selling financial services to businesses to help, to help them raise capital. Mm-hmm. And um, from there... I learned quite a bit about business and people started to like the way I was thinking again, because of, I guess, some of the creativity that I was bringing to my work as well mm-hmm. as my communication. And I got into some strategy consulting opportunities. Um, and from there, you know, my network kept growing. And, and one thing I, I made sure I would do um, is, uh, excuse me one second. One thing um, I kind of made a ritual of was networking on LinkedIn and at, uh, going to events and conferences because I wasn't, by doing that, I wasn't limited to the four walls that I was sitting in. Okay. Um, the people I would meet on a daily or weekly basis allowed me to expand who I can talk to um, and to let them know about me, my brand. Um, at the end of the day, we all have a brand, whether we're physicians or technologists or finance people. Um, and our brand um, is only going to be known if we're touching others, if we're interacting with them, whether it's mm-hmm. digitally or in person. So um, that's how I got hired at Dun & Bradstreet. There was an opening there, and a friend of mine there shared my profile with the hiring manager, and um, they gave me an attractive uh, offer, and uh, I was working there in three weeks. So, um, And it didn't really, you know, it didn't take me kind of going there and hustling on their website and trying to get them to pay attention to me, you know, jumping up and down, raising my, my hand. I had built that network. I invested a lot of time. It took me some time. Mm-hmm. took me a few years. But, you know, I'd made some money. I learned a lot. Um, and that's literally what opened the door. And, and the current job that I have at my at the startup that I work at, um, I was hired through an event. They met me at an event. Um, they really liked, you know, what I was saying and they started recruiting me. And this company, uh, that I'm a part of is backed by one of the largest financial institutions in the world called Allianz. Mm-hmm. Allianz is a Germany based, uh, insurance and asset management company. Um, and they're investing in us along with, uh, another venture capital fund. And, uh, yeah, so that's kind of how my career unfolded to where I am right now. And what led you to the Middle Eastern Studies? Uh, yeah, so Middle Eastern Studies, 
I think it was me finding myself when uh, I, I realized that pre-med medicine wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was kind of soul-searching, really, uh, until I could really find, um, I guess, a degree that I really believed in. I was taking classes, I guess, about Islam, about the Middle East, about Asia, um, you know, things like that, uh, just to kind of make sure I stay in school. And um, I learned a lot. I did a lot of creative writing. I did a lot of research. Uh, I met with a lot of interesting people. During that time, I also launched a nonprofit at Rutgers. It was a chapter of Oxfam mm-hmm. called Oxfam Rutgers. And it's still there, I believe. Uh, I think 10 years now uh, or 12 years now. And uh, so that was kind of my falling into Middle Eastern studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and people always ask me that at most uh, you know, places, whether it was in my previous uh, jobs or client engagements or even my current company. But it's more of, a, oh, that's interesting. You know, tell me more yeah, about how to do it. Because it's not the traditional route that people will take. Yeah, and, and you know, you'll be surprised how many people, like for example, the head of our one of the head of our data science program is a, has a chemical engineering background. Uh, you know, so people find their path. It's really don't let your past define you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I think people often do that. They allow their path to define who they are and where they're going to be. But it's really important to take your destiny into your own hands. Uh, one thing I really believe in is kind of creating a vision of you, of yourself for the future. And that vision, you know, it should be an inspiration of great people that you know of. Um, obviously, there's plenty of religious figures. There's also contemporary figures, other historical figures. And think about, okay, what have they contributed to their lives, to society? What is their relationship like with, with God, family, etc.? And uh, kind of manufacture that image for yourself and pr- project that to the future and you'll try to, you'll start to figure out how you're going to get there um you may not exactly get to that point and, and maybe that's for the best but um you have to create that vision and then you just have to keep working at it and it, it's a long road it's like uh i don't know if any of the listeners have ever hiked up a mountain but <laughs> the the peak of the mountain looks impossibly far away uh, but it's just one step at a time, you know. Uh, you just the only thing is you can't stop taking that step forward. Once you stop taking that step forward, that peak really becomes impossible. But mm-hmm. if you don't stop, almost anything is possible. If you were to continue with uh, your Middle Eastern Studies degree and work, what kind of job opportunities does that allow for? Uh, I think there's limited job opportunities. If you wanted to, I don't know, work in Middle Eastern, um, uh, I, I don't know, State Department program where you work with the, the foreign service officers or the embassy, or I don't know, if you want to get into um, nonprofit work in that region, there's very limited opportunities. Uh, but mm-hmm. It could also be spun into maybe some corporate jobs that are related to work in the Middle East where they might have some business units there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, I I think any uh, liberal arts degree, whether it's Middle Eastern studies, anthropology, sociology, the value in it isn't exactly the subject, but it's Mm -hmm. really 
um, creative uh, thinking, it's really debate, it's really being able to understand complex objective issues and being able to break them down and simplify them. One of the biggest things that I bring to the table at any company is people can present very complicated issues. They can even be technical, but I can look at that and kind of kind of blow it up at, from a macro perspective and then start to put pieces of the puzzle together in different ways. Mm-hmm which allows the, the people who are sitting there to say, okay, wow, we haven't thought about it that way. Um, and it's not because they aren't smart. I think it's just it's, it's part practice. You know, I got ex- a lot of exposure to that through writing, through reading. I, I encourage reading a lot, um, nonfiction also, uh, and fiction. So I think fiction adds a lot of uh, kind of, non-worldly creativity um it may not be very realistic but at the same time it allows your mind to kind of go in different ways that maybe your brain or the brain muscle isn't used to and kind of i feel like it unlocks certain things and uh, when you read nonfiction, obviously it allows you to uh, learn about how people are viewing the world and um it could be history it could be science it could be technology um, so I think reading is really important, and and again, um, I highly encourage everyone to do a some sort of a liberal arts uh, minor or something like that when they go to school. Mm-hmm. So after graduating, what was that journey like? Trying to navigate what it is you wanted to do, finding a job that maybe suit you, and also uh, doing something completely different than your degree. Uh, that was a challenge is a little bit of kind of, I don't know if I, I, maybe this metaphor will help. It's like spinning the globe and closing your eyes and putting a finger on the globe. Saying, okay. This is where I want to go. Uh, that's kind of how I approached <laughs> my uh, first uh, career in finance. Um, I was really sure where I wanted to go. I just knew I needed to make a living. Um, and, uh, Literally, that's what I did. I just wanted to make sure that I knew what I was doing and, and I did it well. Um, another, I think, important thing is for whatever you do, try to do it the best of your abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, because even if you don't have experience, if you're trying and you're constantly working on it and you're improving, then people will notice that. And mm-hmm. um, you will notice that also. And it'll, it'll allow you to kind of... Um, I guess also see, can you really succeed in this place? Do you really enjoy this industry that you're in or you want to try something else? I'm not encouraging jumping from one thing to another, but at the same time, uh, you know, you kind of have to try, you kind of have to, there's a leap of faith involved. Uh, You know, I know many people and I'm not bashing medical school at all. I think it's a, it's a great, uh, uh, I think being a physician is a great thing to do uh, with your life. It just wasn't for me. But sometimes mm-hmm. when people are on the fence, they're like, oh, I don't know, can I really do this? Well, you don't know what you don't know. And if you're on the fence, just it's probably better to go for something that's safer. Uh, but at the same time, you know, try different things. I think college is a great time to try. High school is a great time to try different things. Um, and trying means doesn't mean you have to, like, I don't know, jump out of your pre-med program. Um, and, and try something else or jump out of engineering. It means take a class, read a book. Uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I thought about 
becoming a lawyer, I went to the library. I read two biographies of lawyers and I was like, there's no way I can do this. <laughs> and <laughs> that was the end of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you have to do your research and, and you have to try. There is a bit of a leap of faith. And that's what I did yeah. with finance. There seems to be a bit of uh, wind hitting against your speaker. I think it's a little hard. Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, my son fell asleep and I had oh, to kind no of worries. walk out. Okay, yeah. no worries. Um, just a little hard for for listeners to hear your voice and your story. Is it better now? Yes, that's a lot better. Um, okay. Can you tell us about your inspiration to nonprofit work? Sure. Yeah, I think uh, I think we all have something inside of us that wants to give back. I know my parents um, cultivated that in us when I was growing up, and obviously uh, the religious upbringing definitely helped and uh, reinforced that. So I, I think those are the things that really inspired me. Um, you know, constantly, I guess, going to whether it was the masjid or you know, um, the donations that my parents would do watching them. And, and also like, uh, I think when I was growing up during Ramadan, when I would fast and I would look at the TV sometimes and they would have these ads of like, I don't know, um, uh, Red Cross or Doctors Without Borders and these kids without food. And, uh, and I'd be fasting. I think, wow, you know, like kind of sucks uh, to be, you know, I felt like it sucked to be me, uh, you know, <laughs> fasting and I'm like 10 years old. And, uh, but then when I looked at those kids, I was like, wow, that's what, what I'm seeing there. That's like a completely diff- different level. And I should really be grateful for what I have. And I think all these things kind of compounded to uh, my interest in nonprofit and giving back. What's your end goal in nonprofit? Uh, for me, I think it's education. I've been thinking about that for the last few years. You know, what is my end goal? Like yeah. if I could do one thing, because we all can't do, you know, we can't do everything. If if mm-hmm. I were to really focus on something, I think it would really be education. Mm-hmm. If you look at, you know, just um, from a macro view of the world, if you look at which countries are more successful than others, it's the countries that really invested in education. If you look at, you know, which counties or zip codes are more successful than others, it's it's the ones that have better education. So um, I think, and the other thing too, I think, with uh, if you look at Islam, when the when the Prophet was freeing the people who were trying to attack the Muslims and were killing the Muslims, he he basically gave them the ability to win their freedom by teaching other Muslims how to read and write. I think that says a lot. Um, and for me, education is a big thing. That's something that I'm hoping to do in the future. Try to help as many people as I can mm-hmm. become educated, learn to read and write, um, and really kind of take grains of, of their destiny and their life in their future. Mm-hmm. What is the uh, most important trait someone should have um, if they want to do your job? Uh, I would say it's uh, being uh, curious, Mm -hmm. uh, creative, and uh, I think empathetic. Mm -hmm. So curious in the sense of you have to be able to 
if you don't know something, you should have the curiosity to learn what you don't know. Um, and curious also to really want to help your organization to help the people that you're selling to, uh, and, and to be curious about how to be a better professional creative in the sense of, you know, how can we solve this problem? So it benefits who I'm serving, who I'm selling to, and as well as my organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I think a mix of all these things kind of allow almost anyone to be successful I think, what I, in what I'm doing. It's really not rocket science. Um, curiosity, creativity, and, and these things, just uh, if you cultivate them, I think you can be successful in anything, really. If you look at Steve Jobs, I mean, he didn't have much of a degree, right? Yeah. Uh, and he, he launched the iPhone and so many different products, so many technical products. And he didn't have a technical background. Um, and his legacy is, is quite immense. Um, from And it was re- literally curiosity. He, he, he mixed curiosity and creativity together to solve big, big problems, to inspire himself, to inspire other people. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Yeah, I would say those are the some of the key things that would help. And as someone who is uh, launching a startup or someone who is coming out as a freelancer, what advice do you give them? Uh, I think um, uh, don't be uh, afraid of losing. Don't be afraid of the word no. I think many people get scared. They think, okay, who's going to buy my product? Who's going to want to buy my consulting service or who's going to want to invest in my company? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know until you start talking and, and putting, you know, uh, communicating to people what you're trying to do, what you bring to the table. And mm-hmm. you, you might not have the right product and be okay with that. And they realize, yeah. okay, maybe I don't have something that the market wants or an investor wants. So what can I do with what I have? And again, this comes back to curiosity and creativity is, okay, am I listening to the market? Or maybe um, I'm not listening to the market completely and I have to research some more and then come back to the market with a not too different solution, but it has to be presented in a different way. You know, So um, I think don't be afraid of saying no and, and use curiosity and creativity to your advantage. Mm-hmm. to keep going at it. I've seen so many people who, uh, who again, they see the the summit of the mountain, the, the peak of the mountain, and they fall down like, you know, 10 steps in and they think, all right, I'm just going to give up. This, I can't do this. But, but it can be like discouraging that. at times, and especially if you're struggling to make it. Absolutely. It is. It is uh, I, I think in, in that situation, it's really mm-hmm. important to find people who will support you. Mm-hmm who will be uh, people who will truly encourage you and give you real feedback. You don't want people who will just say, hey, you're amazing, you're the smartest person I know, and, and you have the best idea, everybody's an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, you want people to kind of give you real feedback and say, yeah, I believe in you, you can do it, but you know what, maybe you should not do this, you should offer this, or you should talk about this and focus on this. Um, so you really want people who uh, will support you in a, in a way that, Uh, will get you to where you're trying to get to versus people who pull you down or people who will just uh, be cheerleaders and that's it. 
Um, so it's important to surround yourself with people who kind of give you that. And who was that person for you? Was it just one person or a couple different people? Uh, it was, I mean, my parents, uh, my wife, my, my sister, um, <laughs> lucky to have them in my life and, um, you know, friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think over the years, I've also, you know, I, I've tried to strengthen my relationship with God. I, I feel like he definitely gives us signs. Um, and I've seen that happen, you know, so many times. Mm-hmm. And uh, you really, he's there, you know, there's, you know, he's always there. He's always listening in your darkest moments, in your best moments, in your, you know, proudest moments. Um, it's, you really have to kind of have a communication channel with him, uh, along with, you know, your others, your other advisors, friends, family. And, um, so yeah, those were my people uh, as well as, Mm -hmm. you know, God. If there's one piece of advice you can give to any person who is trying to come into this field right now, what would you tell them? So if you want to go into the startup world, if you want to launch your own startup or if you want to join a startup and you want to do something big, you have to think big. Uh, you have to be creative. Again, you have to be really hungry in, in your curiosity and in what you're trying to do. Uh, but that doesn't mean being arrogant. That means uh, you definitely have to have humility. You have to have the ability to you know, handle all that. And I, I think if I were to pick one word, it would really be curiosity. Mm -hmm. Okay. And can you tell us briefly about how you balance your work and your life? It seems like you do a lot. Yeah. So, uh, it's not easy. Um, I, I am part of this startup where venture backed, um, which means we're funded by, you know, smart money, people or corporations that uh, have billions of dollars and then the investment companies that they think will become very big companies. Um, I am also on the board of a, a startup uh, that's in virtual reality. And mm-hmm. I'm on the board of a, a nonprofit that serves over 70,000 kids in New Jersey and mm-hmm. has uh, 18 million in revenue. Um, and alhamdulillah, I have a wife and uh few kids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a challenge, but communication is really important, um, you know, and asking God for help because <laughs> I, I know I, I, I need it. Um, and you just keep going at it. I, I think uh, too many people think, you know, I can't do all this. You can, you just have mm-hmm. to push yourself and life is short. You know, th- there's no point just sitting in front of a TV and, and spending mm-hmm. your life eating and watching things because, I, I don't know. I don't find meaning in that. Uh, there isn't enough uh, for me. So mm-hmm. I think uh, my curiosity drives me to do a lot of these things. And I guess um, I'm able to handle it because of the people I'm surrounded with. So something I think, um, is, is there like something that people lack when they're trying to make it in this industry that serves to help them fail 
if that makes sense. I think they, I think uh, in the in the startup world, um, giving up too easily is is what creates failure, um, mm-hmm. and not. And that doesn't mean like if someone if a hundred people say no to you, it doesn't mean uh, you're wrong. It just means maybe you don't have. You need to tweak things a little bit, whether it's a service mm-hmm. or product, whatever it is. Um, and if you keep saying no and you keep presenting the same thing, mm-hmm. uh, then that's a recipe for failure because you're you're just not learning from what, you're the, what people are telling. Improving on those ideas. You. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, don't give up. You know, stay positive, stay driven, stay curious, keep learning, mm-hmm. learn from others, network. You know, like build your network. Where we're social beings, humans. Uh, the only reason we're this successful, the only reason we've evolved this way is because of the, the mind that God has given us, our ability to leverage each other's strengths. Um, you know, like if, if you look at the phone or, or the computer that we're using to have this conversation, mm-hmm. it wasn't built by one person. You know, one animal didn't build up. No animal, you know, works the way we work. You know, mm-hmm. we're able to solve for one granular problem. And then we bring someone else who can solve another small granular problem. And then another person, another person. And mm-hmm. that's what creates this machine, this this software or these clothes that we're wearing. Mm-hmm. So um, you, you can't think um, in your own bubble. You have to kind of get out of the room, get out of the building, talk to people, network, uh, have conversations, keep reading. Um, and that's kind of what allows you to become an expert, to become known, to build a brand. And if you fail the first time, that's fine. You try again. You fail the second time, that's fine. You know, I read a statistic once. I think for many people in business, it could take up to seven tries for their mm-hmm. first win. Um you know, and that's not easy. Uh, for many people, they they can't try seven times. So on average, mm-hmm. if that's seven, that means some people are trying 10, 12, 20 times, right? Yeah. And some people are just winning the first time. Some people get very lucky. You know, like if you look at Bill Gates, he was very lucky uh, <laughs> with, with his first win, really. Mark Zuckerberg, you know, uh, yeah. extremely lucky, extremely lucky. So there are people who get very lucky, but there are also people who don't give up. They keep trying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Steve Jobs, he got lucky, then he failed, and then he, he kept trying. And he, and he was failing. And people don't realize how many times he failed with his products when he, was, when he had um, Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mac, you know, lineup wasn't the most amazing. People weren't crazy about it like they are with the iPhone now. Uh, but you know, don't give up, build that network, keep talking, keep learning and, um, keep believing in yourself and God. And I, I, there's no reason why you can't succeed. Thank you so much Zane for sharing your interesting, interesting career path and for inspiring us today. I, I hope I help anybody. If anyone has any questions or is looking to, uh, talk to somebody, I'm happy to do that. Thank you so much. You were just listening to the UMentor Talk Show. If you missed this or future shows, you can always hear the replay on the UMentor website under Project Shows. And if you'd like to reach out to today's speaker or any of the previous speakers on the show to ask them any questions you may have, please visit our online platform at umojaoutreach.org slash unleash the future slash groups. Or just visit our UMentor website and hit the link for online platform. 
Be sure to tune in next week on Saturday at 3 p.m. for another panel. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook to get immediate requests and notifications whenever we go live. Thank you for listening to our panel today on Facebook Live.